<laughs> and you've been in uh, Cincinnati since 2012, you said? Uh, yeah. So I did Survivor during, um, I took a break from my medical training after my first year of residency. Um, took a bit of time off and then I went back to, so I, I did medical school at Emory and then I um, was at the Mayo Clinic for the first year of residency and then I went back to Emory to finish. And I finished up there and I kind of I was looking at different cities. Um, I practice anesthesiology, so it's kind of early in the morning starts. And so I was I actually would have loved to go to New York, but, um, you know, New York's a city never sleeps. It doesn't really go so well with having to be up at 530 in the morning every day. And uh, had a college roommate in Cincinnati. We had a good time uh, visiting and, you know, just thought it'd be a good change of pace. And I've been in the South for a while, so kind of wanted to head back a little bit farther north. Um, you know, enjoyed my time in New England, but wasn't really looking to, to go back that direction either. And then the West Coast was a bit removed from family and stuff. Um, so, yeah, so, so I kind of just ended up here and thought it'd be cool to spend a couple of years, you know, near a good friend and uh, pretty, like, pretty nice middle tier city. I mean, it's actually an awesome quality of life and cost of living is really very reasonable here. And so that, that combination was nice um, and, and really just yeah, I've had some good momentum here. So I've just been kind of cruising along for a bit. And uh, I spent a bit, bit of time in Chicago these days because um, we got an MBA there. So the last few years has been kind of split in time between the two cities. Yeah, that's kind of like a uh, flipping and it's flipping it on its head approach, because I know like this, a lot of the survivor people tend to gravitate towards the L.A. scene, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It's kind of yeah. like the. Yeah, that's kind of like the thing. Everybody, uh, once their show gets wrapped up, they kind of go to try to soak up those uh, 15 minutes over in L.A. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and and I think, you know, I definitely toyed with it. Um, I think everybody gets pretty excited. I mean, Gabon was like, you know, kind of in that lull between when Survivor was huge, um, just in and of itself. And then before social media got kind of really moving up and so you know the idea was like oh let's go to LA like hang out I spent time there just because you know I had a little bit of downtime and I think you know LA is a really cool city I actually I was just there and have some friends but you know unless you have like really good momentum or you have something else kind of going for you I think the the reality 15 minutes um you know it it, it, it comes and goes basically so yeah. I felt kind of like for me, given that I had, you know, to finish medical training and a bunch of other stuff, like I've always kind of kept it in the back of my mind, like, yeah, it'd be fun to do some other things. And I've, and I've done some other things, but I didn't feel like I needed to be, you know, in the, the Hollywood scene to try and make that happen. Right. So and, acting or any of that stuff wasn't necessarily like in your uh, line of view per se. Um, you, you know, it was, it was kind of like a, That'd be cool, uh, kind of fun stuff. But I, I had more thought that there was maybe an opportunity to do some, some healthcare, um, wellness, you know, teaching education through media and other um, other avenues. Uh, I think you know at the time, like you know, the doctors was kind of big, and some of these like shows that were Sanjay Gupta, um, who's Atlanta based. Um, you know, those are some interesting role models for me. But, you know, part of that's just right time, right place. And, you know, I still kind of 
my opportunity cost for going and running around and, and seeing if I could make something like that happen was still pretty high because, you know, I can finish residency and go practice medicine and I'm still passionate way to help people. So um, since that was kind of my goal, I gave it a little bit of time, but I, you know, didn't want to pack up the car and just, you know, go sleep on somebody's couch in LA for two years and see if I could make something happen and, you know, show up to all these survivor events and kind of feel like cool for a few minutes, which is sort of what survivor events are like. Um, a lot of fun, but, you know, it's, uh, you, you see the new cast come and go, which is super cool to meet people. But yeah, for the most part, it's like, you know, your time's kind of passed and um, on to the next thing. Yeah. What Was the uh, becoming a doctor kind of like a childhood dream or aspiration of yours? Or did it like kind of fall in your lap spontaneously? How or what maybe uh, prompted you to make the move into that field? Yeah, I think, you know, I was fortunate in that I was pretty, pretty good at, you know, kind of math and science and English and could kind of go a lot of directions, but my parents weren't physicians or anything. And um, I had a role model, a uh, girl I was dating, her dad was an OB-GYN, he's just a super cool guy and could literally fix like anything, people or cars or his own airplane. Um, and it was just this combination of like, I was doing archaeology research in Honduras and we were like hiking around in the jungle and there were these people like out there and one time one of the ladies like her kid was sick and the guy carried some Advil with him and you know she was like just so grateful for something so simple as like a few Tylenol and some Advil so the, to break the kid's fever um, and I just just kind of saw the impact that that had and as fun as archaeology was which is what my major was in college and you know doing the Indiana Jones thing uh, this is a pretty obvious huge benefit to people and you know i think it also kind of coming from my background where you know the expectation was to be you know very successful i think being a physician at least in the traditional definition is a, a mark of success it's sort of like a a minimum standard um at least you know in my family my mom's from cuba she's a pretty traditional lady so being a doctor and lawyer is a pretty good way to make mom happy and so yeah, it was like a Venn diagram that overlaps with a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, I, I did some more research into the profession and just decided it would be a, a good direction to go. So I had to kind of shift gears a little bit, but um, yeah, took the MCAT, got into med school and here I am. I've been practicing uh, about 10 years now out of residency. Wow. Time flies yeah. then. Dude, it really <laughs> does. <laughs> well, now here we're sitting in 2022. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Did, did, yeah. did that overlap then uh, into your casting process with Survivor? Like, was that a part of, because um, I know they'll probably ask you questions about, like, yourself. Um, was that at all overlapping with Survivor? Like, because I want to kind of get, like, your uh, casting story perspective now on, like, yeah. what led you to trying out um, and then, like, the process itself. Yeah, I mean, for the, you know, the, the kind of deeper fans, the, the the casting process, I was sort of one of the recruited people. This is like back in the MySpace days, I got this like super random message. Um, my mom had sent my picture into this like Cosmo bachelor's thing and didn't tell me about it until like they asked me to do this photo shoot for Cosmopolitan, which is hilarious. And this is maybe in like 06 or something. And 
from that, somebody saw it and like got this message about Survivor on MySpace. And like, I'd been watching it, you know, pretty much from the onset, you know, not religiously because I was in med school, but like, you know, my favorite season was um, when Ewell won. And uh, I think Ozzy was second place. That was his first season. And like, I just, I kind of love the gameplay and, and, you know, Ewell went to Yale and was like smart dude, kind of like the outwit thing works really well for him. And I, I just was fascinated by it. And so when I got that chance to try out, you know, kind of, they, you're not like automatically in, they kind of just let you kind of skip, skip the casting, like showing up to a casting basically. So they like, you submit your video and then, you know, next thing I know, they were like, yeah, we'd love for you to fly out to LA and I was super anxious. And the timing was such that I was just beginning my residency. And um, so that was pretty complicated because I was like, you know, trying to, I had a couple days, weeks off before I started residency and I'm like in LA and you're stuck in this hotel room and trying to figure out what's happening. It's all very exciting, but at the same time, trying to um, merge that with, you know, when you go into residency, you're working hundred hours a, a week and doing call and all this crazy stuff. And what ended up happening was I, I, I ended up as an alternate for um, China, which was when uh, the one Todd Herzog won. And um, it was super kind of crazy. It's a little disappointing, um, obviously, because I, I, I was pretty excited. But like I saw, you know, in the final casting, there was like three or four of us and we're all kind of sitting on the couch. And like um, now I'm blanking on the guy. But in China, they do kind of a they, they have to switch a player. Um, like I think like the fourth or fifth episode and that guy just like was automatically voted out and I remember that dude being sitting next to me in the in the casting finale and so part of me was like sigh of relief because I mean it was it was like a really crappy draw because it was basically like I think the trial got down to like five or six people and they just got to switch one person and so whoever lost the immunity the next round it was like the easiest vote out ever so um, this dude got got kicked out. Um, and then basically I, I, I went through residency and Lynn Spillman was casting director at that time. And she checked in with me every once in a while. Um, and, you know, I was just in the in the trenches, man. So I was just like working my, my butt off. And towards the end of that year, I was kind of I had my uh, my sister passed away a couple of years before that. And so I was just kind of really feeling the strain of residency. And I was sort of hoping for the universe to cut me some slack and I got this call from Lynn and she's like, Hey, you know, we really need kind of somebody like you for this next season. Um, you know, would you, any chance you'd be available? And I was like, geez, you know, that would be perfect to get some time off. And, and so I was like, well, you know, I'll fly out to LA and you know do that final casting process with you again, but I'm not really sure I'm going to pull this off. And like coincidentally, like the next day I'm talking to my best buddy in med school and he was at Emory He's like, yeah, you know, somebody quit the residency, and so a spot opened up. I mean, you have to take a year off, but you could always come back. And I was like, this is the craziest thing, because it was like, why would he have even brought that up? And I hadn't said anything about the Survivor stuff, because it, it hadn't worked out the time before, so I wasn't, like, telling anybody this time around. But it was like the universe kind of opened up this opportunity, and then it opened up this year off to, you know, not even miss it. Not, it's like, like, miss a beat in a sense, take a, take a year off, but, you know, I have a place to go afterwards. And so actually that's what I ended up doing. Um, and then when I flew out to the finale, you know, once you've already done it once, it's a lot easier because you're kind of like, all right, take it or leave it. And, um, you know, and then, and then a few weeks later, I'm on an airplane to, to Gabon, which is just bananas. 
Wow. So that original process then, when it wasn't necessarily you even necessarily seeking out the show, they kind of found you, but you had already had like an inkling of an idea as to what the show was because you were like watching it, but you, oh, you, yeah. you yourself never necessarily were making an effort to try out as much as they seeked you out. But then yeah. later on is when you got on the show. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been a little bit, honestly, uh, pretty shy. And so I, I, I'd much rather be, I think we would, we would all much rather be tapped on the shoulder and be like, Hey, you know, you're special. Um, so I was never going to be the one that reached out. Um, again, maybe I, I owe my mom a, a high five for the Cosmo thing. Cause that kind of, I guess, got me on their radar. But, um, I think that's always been kind of something that's held me back from doing things I would have loved to do. Like I would have loved to try out for Survivor. I honestly, I just guess I didn't have the balls to do it myself. And so, um, it was nice when somebody gave me a little bit of a shove. Um, yeah. Even though I would say like it was, you know, relationship wise and you know, stuff, it caused a lot of problems, you know, when you're kind of trying to break direction with some of your, you know, current stuff. But, you know, Survivor is a once in a lifetime experience, as I tell people. And, you know, people sometimes be a weird, like, why did you go on Survivor type of questions? And you're like, dude, are you joking? Like, <laughs> one of the coolest things out there. Um, incredible life lessons like yeah it's a fun tv aspect of it and you feel shiny for a few few weeks but i mean it's one of the greatest games ever invented and um you know there's a very strong meritocracy element to it even though that's still a tv show um so it's like yeah you really did have a shot of a million dollars while you're out there and you're excited the whole time super focused like it's it's a truly special thing to be a part of and uh yeah I, I, I'm always surprised that people even ask the question because I, you know, I, I just can't understand how you wouldn't want to go on Survivor, I guess. Does the Gabon stuff still come up these days? Like with, uh, you know, either if you run into people or maybe say if like they hit you up on social media or yeah. uh, has it died out in recent years? Uh, it definitely died out. I mean, like I said, I think the, the social media stuff, for me, it was kind of a lull. So it wasn't like, you know, Facebook was kind of getting going, but we were in around Instagram, like Twitter so didn't, a lot didn't exist yet until the following year, I think. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, I can have all the blue checks in the world right now, but like, you know, 2008, everybody was like six years old or whatever who's on social media. So it wasn't a really big bump in any, in any real shape or form. And so, you know, locally people would come up, but, you know, people are also really shy. Uh, so it really takes like kind of a like super fan type of thing, but yeah, every every once in a while, like people will be like, "Oh, you're my mom loves Survivor." Like, you know, I get a picture. Um, funny one a couple of weeks ago, I'm meeting with a guy, and I, you know, I've been talking for a couple of weeks, and we sit down for this meeting, and like, you know, there's a there's a survivor whose name is Marcus Lehman, and I was like, you know, you don't say. <laughs> He's sitting right in front of you. And this dude is like, you know, one of these guys that shuts off his phone Wednesday nights. Um, you know, everybody knows he's like, that's his like survivor time. And and it was fun because like, I, I love the people that love the show too. You know, I enjoy it. Like, I get it. I get what they experience when they're watching the show. Um, and I love sharing how I felt about it when I was there. Um, it, it's always really a nice feeling to share with people. So yeah, it's, it's definitely not as often, but, you know, it still happens. And, you know, what's funny is that, like, 
for most people, I think, who kind of really watch Survivor, like you've watched all the seasons multiple times at this point. Um, and so it's it's crazy because even though Gabon was in 2008, a lot of people, you know, can recollect who was on it. You know, obviously everyone has their particular favorite favorite season, but, you know, it's, it's cool. It's like a language. It's a fraternity. It's a fellowship. Um, and not, not just for the cast members, but for the people that really enjoy the show a lot. Yeah, it, Survivor is just kind of like uh, a really like simple formula that just like stuck and worked. Like there's a lot of reality competition shows and just reality shows in general. But I just think Survivor took like a very like simple formula, but yet so effective in how they deliver it. And I feel like due to that is kind of like what separates them from maybe other shows that try to like maybe put more of like a gimmick over the game yeah. or like the genre rather, but. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I would build on that by saying that they also picked probably every, a lot of people's like childhood fantasies, like the Robinson Crusoe, Desert Island, Treasure, Pirate, you know, like how many of these like island type themes, adventure, um, you know, maybe a little Lord of the Flies sprinkled in there, but you know, this cool, this genre, you know, it's, it's the reason Pirates of the Caribbean is such a great movie. They, they picked on, picked up on that. And I think that that, that to me was a fundamental part of what made it so cool. In fact, I was kind of bummed because Gabon has got ocean, but we were really kind of like trapped by this crappy kind of lake. It was like beautiful and all this stuff, but it wasn't the tropical island that, you know, and, and like, I love that they sort of settled on that as a concrete theme in the past, you know, few years and kind of just stuck to Fiji basically and that, that, you know, beautiful Island setting. Yeah. You seem to kind of thrive in that environment though. Like usually like that environment's made to kind of like break people. You seemed like one of the ones that was kind of not necessarily uh, faltering due to the environment and was able to kind of cope better than most. Is that yeah. accurate? Would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the adventure part for me. It was like, you know, I read all those books. Like, I wanted to, go, you know, go live on a desert island and, you know, figure it all out and suffer. And, it, it, you know, it was kind of like, oh, how'd you do all that? And it's like, to me, it was like, that's why you're there. You know, the, the social part was actually hard because I'm, you know, I'm a little bit, um, you know, gruff and, you know, struggle sometimes with, like, you know, relational stuff. But the adventure tree climbing fishing you know running around like i'm not a woodsman or anything but it's just it's so cool you know it's like and it's so beautiful and uh the natural aspect of it is is part of what makes it so interesting um now you know that was kind of more old school survivors still where there weren't that many like twists and turns yeah so i think it was a little bit less like treasure hunting than it is now but um but yeah that was you know it was, it was just the ruggedness was it's kind of why you're there, I think. So I, I loved it. I hear like, and this is kind of just like with reality in general, but like I'm, I'm assuming like Survivor probably has like even more of an amplified um, type of effect with this due to like being in that environment. When you return back to normal life, um, you have like so much things at your disposal that you don't have like on that island necessarily. So yeah. it is definitely a bit of a culture shock, but also a culture shock because you come back from having like so many cameras in your face at all times and like all your like movements are kind of documented to then normal life when 
maybe in some cases it's a lot more lonely than what it was back during filming of the show. So there yeah. is culture shock elements there. Um, did you experience any of that or was uh, your return to normal life not as um, daunting as maybe some others? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would strongly say yes. I, I think um, the, you know, the couple of things that I remember in particular was like the transition to having food again um, was just so, it was weird. Like, you know, the first couple of weeks when I was, in, you know, kind of sticking around to the jury, you know, I would like, I'd like have like a plate of food next to my bedside because I was like worried about kind of waking up and not having food again. And so there's these like weird survival transitions. Um, and even like, I felt like I gained a ton of weight, which I did, but I wasn't like overweight. It was just my body kind of like recovering from starvation mode, but that had like a psychological impact. It wasn't just like, okay, I'm back to normal weight. It was like, oh man, like I'm fat. And yeah. Um, so there was some like difficult transitions on just the basic functioning stuff. And then, yeah, I got home. I was in Jacksonville, Florida. I remember just kind of like sitting at my desk in my like crappy like med school house with like 15 roommates and like being like, God, this really sucks compared to, you know, having Jeff Probst showing up and telling me about it. Then my next challenge and, you know, and at that time, you know, I had won and I was really bummed out about, you know, kind of some of the manipulation stuff that, I feel like contributed to me getting voted out um, and just it, 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 in spite of my hard efforts, which I know everybody feels great except the winners. Um, and yeah, like actually what saved me was Corinne calls me up and she's like, Hey, can you come to LA? Um, I was like, how come? And I guess she was friends with um, like Nick Lachey and Vanessa Manillo and they were like going down to Cabo and going to like hang out for a few days. And she's like, if you can get to LA tomorrow, like, you know, we're going down here. It's going to be great. And I went, I, I like literally like didn't even unpack like the bag I'd packed. And I was like, booked the flight and I just went and like, you know, got to hang out with my survivor friends again. And I spent like two weeks out there just like soaking it back up. And it was great because, you know, I think if, if anything, you know, part of the reason I think people gravitate towards LA and this is where it is great is that you get to kind of slowly emerge from that survivor experience instead of being just thrown right back into your kind of doldrum regular life. And that's, that's just a real deal thing. Like people like feeling special, you know, that you do feel very special for a bunch of, a bunch of weeks and, you know, it takes a little time to kind of get back to normal. Yeah, I've been saying there should be like some type of uh, transitional period, like a little bit of a bubble period um, between leaving the filming of the show and returning into normal life. Somewhere in between, like when you don't necessarily return to like your normal thing right away, but you return to kind of like a less heightened show environment that's still kind of like a normal uh, bubble. Do you think that'd be like a pretty decent thing to implement with uh, reality shows? Yeah, and I mean, they, they kind of do that. I mean, they definitely pro provide, you know, they provide like, you know, counseling and, and other things because they're definitely aware of it. Um, I think I think everybody has to go through their process. Um, you know, it might be cool to, to do something where it's like, hey, you know, these are the kind of the common experiences people have when they finally like get home or get back to their normal careers and stuff so you know if you're having some of these feelings like it's, it's normal or you know creating like a kind of big brother big sister system where it's like you, you can talk to some other previous fans or, or sorry 
people that have been been through it and and you know can provide some of that other support because um, yeah it's 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 like you know not that we're olympic athletes or anything but anybody who's kind of reached a really kind of unique experience in life needs a little bit of reacclimation to to normalcy again uh, and i think everybody suffers from that even if it's not survivor if it's you know some big award or doing well in a sporting event like yeah it takes a minute to adjust and it's nice to know that you're not the only person struggling through something it doesn't take away from what special and awesome thing you did um and and there's nothing actually wrong with your normal life like i you know i have a wonderful life i'm healthy and you know have a tough job and all that stuff but it's a uh, it, it takes time. Yeah, it's definitely a, a unique thing. Mm-hmm. And your season saw you kind of take on a, a leadership role. You uh, started the Onion Alliance, and uh, you guys were going pretty strong. You actually hold this. You actually hold a few records, actually, within Survivor. I don't know if you knew this. I think you're one of uh, cast members that like were not up for the chopping block for yeah. like. X amount of eliminations or right. councils before actually being eliminated, so which set which made your elimination even more kind of like sudden because like seemed like nobody saw it coming. Um, what what would you say like your biggest uh, biggest takeaway from your elimination was like what maybe was the catalyst for uh, leaving? Because the edit kind of made it seem like it was um, Crystal swaying Susie in a sense to flip. Is kind of where the edit kind of was taking that one. Where where yeah. where do you feel like the catalyst really was? Was that it, or you think uh, there's something else? I mean, I, I I certainly was aware of you know some of the records or whatever, and you know I think the catalyst you know was a little more like I think basic, and that when they mixed us up, you know it basically flipped to a mini tribe with three of them and two of us, and so you know. It was a pretty easy shoe in. I, I don't know that there was anything I could have done. You know, I, I had this external connection to Crystal through a, a good friend of mine at home, actually. Um, you know, and Susie had been sort of on the outs in our group, but you know, basically it was just it's very easy human nature, you know. And I, I, I think we've all seen it in real life, but um, you know, you kind of whoever your original sides are most of the time, that's who you stick to. And if you see a really easy opportunity, like they went back to their sort of original tribe voting section. Um, that's pretty simple. And I think, you know, that's part of, it's a good life lesson because, you know, it's part of what happens sometimes in real life when, you know, somebody who's on the outs for a while suddenly gets an opportunity to stick it to somebody else. Like that's exactly what's going to happen. So you have to be kind of mindful of those types of things. I don't know that we could have played it any different, not knowing that we were going to not merge basically, but, um, you know, that, that, that to me was sort of where, where things went down. I mean, I think back to like, you know, could I have signaled to Charlie and Corinne, like that I was not okay. And, you know, I probably could have, and, and didn't, you know, kind of try to be the leader and tell them that everything was fine. And it, it probably wasn't. So some of those things where you like, you get these little inklings, um, and I think the other piece is like, you know, in real life, like if you're doing well at something, you have to be mindful that somebody does not enjoy you doing well when they're not. And that's always a real thing. And um, Survivor is an unbelievable place to learn those lessons. Uh, and in my case, sometimes the hard way, right? 
yeah there was like a a conspiracy theory like amongst like fans that like they threw in that uh second tribal uh switch up to kind of take down the onion alliance do you think like there's any merit to that um i think in retrospect that i i had some some confirmation that was kind of the case i mean that's part that's but you know again that's part of like understanding it's a tv show right and and those are the things that when you're when i was there and i'm filming it and all these things like here i am you know spouting all my my strategy to the to the you know to the producers and here's what i think about this and this and that person and you know you you understand that like they're still trying to make a really good tv show and you know i think me winning winning one dollars is a wonderful tv show but like that's not the opinion of you know probes and all these guys like they wanted to kind of stir some up and you know i think we were just very kind of rational you know we we we, we were voting out the, the powerful people we you know got rid of ace and kind of did, did things in a very like structured way which you know in their opinion is not the tv show they wanted and i think that plays into some of the you know the subtle twists and turns that survivor can have you know how hard is it to find that immunity idol and you know frankly like that's you know people could be like oh well that's manipulation or cheating or something and i think i felt that way for a little while because it was against me you know but the reality is like that that's how life works actually you know you you're in a business and you want to get a position of leadership and then somebody else gets it uh for some other reason and subtle but like that's 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 how the game's played you know um and i think we're all I'm a lot more mindful of it because of Survivor, which I think is just, again, one of the coolest things about this show is we did this awesome game and it just has so much applicability in real life if people will like kind of pay attention to that. Um, and frankly, if I played again, I think just like when I watched Corinne play again, you kind of make all the same mistakes again. Like it's very hard. It's a human nature, fundamental type of thing. Like I'm, I'm not going to go in there playing again and like not try and win all of the all the challenges and i'm not going to try and like steer things a different direction but the one thing i think i would do differently is and everybody does this every season is kind of be like oh whatever this person is not really a threat let's just leave them around and keep them around it's like i'd rather end up with you know the five strongest people at challenges because it's it seems like every time you kind of let the the weaker link kind of linger that is what ends up flipping back on whatever alliance is kind of successful. Like mm-hmm. you leave that one, you leave that one person hanging out because you, you feel like you can vote them out anytime. And the reality is, is like you can't. Um, you know, that's a kind of a superpower that that person has. And if you're not careful, you know, then they stumble into an idol. Or like I said, the the numbers get close enough to where they're able to flip the script on you. It kind of seemed like that's kind of how it Gabon ended too. Like uh, with the final, like. Bob ended up winning, obviously. It was deserved to win, but it seemed like he was almost a shoo-in uh, to win based on, like, who was there with him in the end. You know what I mean? Well, and Gabon, I think, was very stark in that there was very... I think there was two very big... It was a, two groups. There was a very big gap between the two, right? So, I think, you know, Randy was an incredibly bright guy. Corinne, same thing. You know, Charlie was brilliant. Um, and Bob was was a really neat guy too and 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 it was a really strong core group um you know when you think about maybe like the final 10 and you know i consider myself kind of 
align with those guys. And then everybody else is sort of ho-hum. And so, you know, whoever of our group was still there at the end, you know, we kind of thought it would be really cool if you had that as the final five, like me, Charlie, Corinne, uh, Randy, and Bob. You know, it's like, geez, like, who's going to win that, right? Because everybody's got strong reasons to be there. Every, anybody could have won any of those challenges. And if that, to me, is like the the the, the nose nose to nose end of the race photo finish survivor that I get excited about. Um, that's kind of why I loved Ozzy and Yule because it was like, dude, these guys are like so good at their respective things. Like, who should win this? And um, Peterson was awesome too. And like, you, you have these like great great photo finishes. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes to a TV show, you need to be exciting kind of all the way through. And so that was like a different element. But, um, you know, I think by flipping it in the middle, you know, by the end, it was like, everybody's pretty ho-hum compared to um, who was left, frankly. So made, I think it made the end uh, pretty, pretty legit, uh, boring to me. But, you know, that's maybe not the most objective opinion. Yeah, it was kind of interesting uh, dynamic of people in that Onion Alliance. You kind of have like uh, Bob, who's a little bit of a diplomatic type person. And then you've got like you, who's like the leader there, right? And then Randy and like Corinne are kind of referred to as like villains within like the the challenge realm. Uh, You kind of gravitated towards them, though. Like, do you feel like uh, there's a little bit of a misunderstanding there amongst like uh, the perception of like... Who, like their character arcs are maybe yeah I, I think i think there's always a dichotomy between um some of the character arcs and some of the characters and you know that part of that is just how little time there is to, to really flesh everyone out um there are people that have like facades which i think was you know kind of the way i would describe Corinne, where it's like she likes kind of likes being mean um but she's really not that mean and uh you know there's other other guys like randy or like grumpy you know it's like i really enjoy finding what's underneath people and uh i think a lot of like really good pure human beings in certain ways and then you know there's also people that lean into their characters like i think corinne Loved leaning into her being, you know, kind of the Cruella of the season. And, um, yeah, she kind of, I think she understood TV for what it was a little better than I did. Um, so that's kind of, but, but at the same time, like, you know, she, she, she's there for her friends. She's like a super loyal person. Um, we had a lot of great conversations that showed me that she's definitely not kind of the mean, truly mean human. Um, she's sort of like the mean girl uh, version. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of how we all ended up smushed together. So do you think, uh, well, firstly, did you get any opportunities to uh, return again? Like, were they giving you phone calls and leaving the door open and you just, um, you know, decided to go on a separate path? I wish I could say that. Um, I, I don't think I would have turned it down. Um, yeah, I, I think... I think, um, yeah, I remember it was funny when I, when I, my first interview, I said to Lynn, I, the Ewell Kwan was my favorite survivor. And she's like, oh, he's so boring. And uh, I was like, well, I didn't think he was boring. Um, so, you know, me patterning myself off of that 
guy that she's not like as a kind of casting choice. Um, I think sort of, as I reflected back, like probably wasn't going to get invited back just because it was, you know, maybe a little bit too much in, in the same, same vein. And I think, you know, as I've seen characters since then, like that's, Survivor's got a lot more crazy, you know, off the edge kind of characters mixed in and, and a lot less of the sort of calm, cool, collected kind of rational side. So, you know, I, I'm probably not a great fit for the new version of Survivor anyway, but yeah, I didn't get any, any, uh, check your email kind of opportunities since then. Well, Survivor still wasn't the last reality show that you did because you actually did go on to do uh, Labor of Love was another one you did. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah so that, were, were you noticed from Survivor or was that someone that something that you actually uh, actively auditioned for? Yeah, I mean, that was another kind of funny situation. I was on a dating app um, in Chicago and, you know, connected with somebody and they're like, well, actually, you know, um, I guess you're not really supposed to do this on dating apps, but like we're casting for this show and, um, you know, you'd be a great fit. And I think it was interesting because at the time I was sort of really thinking deeply about relationships and partnership and family and kind of what I want to do. And the show was couched to me as like, you know, kind of an opportunity to spend a bunch of time with other guys that were thinking similarly and knowing how much I got out of survivor, you know, and I actually had the time, um, just coincidentally, coincidentally, because I'd finished an MBA and was taking a little short sabbatical uh, from work, uh, it just worked out. It was just a cool, cool opportunity. Um, the show was, you know, pretty interesting, a little different, definitely not Survivor, but I would say the only thing that was connected was the fact that, like, I felt very confident through the process of, you know, what I was willing and interested to do, and, you know, the interviews and all those pieces were, you know, pretty straightforward. Um, cause I'd kind of done it before. And for me, it was a little bit more take it or leave it. Cause it's like, it's not the TV element that I'm here for. It's the like deep communion with the other castmates. And, and to be fair, I really got that. Like, you know, I met some amazing guys, you know, I thought the main character, she was a pretty cool person and, and, and had a great time. And that's kind of a lot of what reality is about, um, a lot less about the winning and losing part. Um, and as far as like the, the premise of, you know, meeting somebody special and starting a family, like that seems totally reasonable um, to me. You know, if you can meet somebody on a dating app, like, or a bar when you're a few drinks in, like, you know, somebody's been curated for TV shows, had a little bit of vesting process. So that was, that was, you know, okay with me. And, and like I said, if it hadn't been, I could have kind of left at any time. So it was just a, a great, a great additional experience for me. And, um, the, the romance genre was cool because I hadn't kind of done that before and wasn't really keen on the bachelor bachelor type stuff. So, um, yeah, kind of checked another box and, and had a great time. Yeah, just chalk it up to another uh, life experience. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it was, you know, sometimes I don't, again, I don't kick opportunities out of bed. Like, I'm always asking, you know, how can I do something? And I think it's a great mindset. And, um, you know, sure, I, I try to look back and be like, oh, well, you know, I was like, a waste of time because you didn't win or you know a lot of people seem kind of critical of like putting your love life on tv but you know again i think it's a misunderstanding with getting to be on these shows it's just 
you really get to think and experience things really deeply. I mean, you spend hours being asked what you're thinking and how you're feeling, and then you spend a bunch of hours doing nothing. So you're like writing in journals and um, it's pretty hard in, in the kind of life I have to, to have that kind of time broken out for you. Um, I highly encourage anybody if they can do it without a reality TV show, like, you know, that kind of self-exploration and, and doing it with like-minded people is incredibly valuable. It's a, Super cool thing, super cool side effect of being fortunate enough to have done this a couple times. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again, Marcus, for uh, giving me your time today. I had a great time uh, yeah. speaking with you, and I wish you uh, the best of luck with everything you've uh, got going on. Love it. Next time we'll do it in uh, New York with uh, some pizza. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All, All right. right. Awesome. Take care. Talk to you later. Thanks, brother. Bye.